0: I'm Alec Lace, welcome to First Class Fatherhood Welcome everybody to episode 570 of the podcast I am happy as always to be here with you, thank you for stopping by this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood All right, dads, I have a hilarious guest for you guys today. Brad Williams is a stand-up comedian who has appeared in numerous films and TV shows. He is one of the funniest, most in-demand comedians working today. Back in 2015, he had a one-hour special, Fun Size, which was the highest-rated comedy special on Showtime. He immediately followed that one up with a second special titled Daddy Issues. And despite the fact that he is a little person born with dwarfism, Brad brings big energy to each one of his stand-up comedy routines. In fact, Robin Williams once called him Prozac with a head. Brad makes hilarious observations about relationships, sex, disability, race, and so much more, which has won over audiences and proved that anyone can overcome their shortcomings. Guys, if you have never checked out his comedy before, just Google Brad Williams and take a few minutes to listen. You will be hooked instantly. He is a tremendous talent, a true professional, and a first-class father all the way. I'm honored to have him on the podcast today. Brad Williams will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. And today's conversation with Brad Williams was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the comedian and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right. If you guys enjoyed today's interview with Brad Williams, you got to go back and check out some of the other comedian dads who have joined me on the podcast this year, including Jim Brewer, Adam Carolla, Danelle Rawlings, Howie Mandel, Jason Alexander, and so many others, all available for you guys to listen to in the archives of the podcast All right, and I got one more episode to hit you guys with before we close it out for 2021, which has really just been a banger of a year. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here on Wednesday to close it out. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating and review. Always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys. Please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Brad Williams. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right dads my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own but don't just take my word for it here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from my pillow honey what is it
1: well i love all the my pillow products from the robe to the towels but my absolute favorite hands down product is the my pillow mattress topper on our king size bed i have the best sleep since owning that topper it's like sleeping at a spa resort and i can't wait to sleep on it tonight
0: and i look forward to seeing you there tonight and let me tell you something right now guys happy wife happy life and this mattress topper has been a game changer for me that's a guarantee and speaking of guarantees all my pillow products come with a 60 day money back guarantee so what are you waiting for first class fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66 percent off that's right up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. Joining me now, First Class Father, Brad Williams. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I am happy and
1: humbled to receive the award of First Class Father. I assume that's why we're here, right? Because I'm getting
0: an award of some kind? <laughs> well, you made the list here. You're, you're in the club here. So hit start right there. How many kids do you have? How old? Uh, I have one kid.
1: Uh, so it's, uh, I, I have one piece of evidence that my penis does, in fact, work. Um and uh, she is about to turn 2 in a month.
0: Wow, okay. Uh, are we going for uh, for the boy here or are we one and done?
1: We are one and done. We we had our daughter was born and right after she was born, uh she 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 was born in January of 2020. So right after she was born, the world shut down and we couldn't have anyone come and help and and we we didn't want to get anyone sick. We didn't want anyone to get her sick, so we just did it, just me and my wife, which means my wife did it. And yeah, with that stress, we're like, yeah, we're, we're just not going to do that again. Um, if we do, we've talked about it. Uh, we, we, we would probably adopt, um, uh, because my daughter is, is also a little person, uh, we would adopt either another dwarf or do the extreme other and do like a blindside thing where we get like a six foot. Seven. God, that's going to play on the line at USC or something. And and, and and we adopt that kid at like at age nine. He's Duncan. Um, and then that'll help us up, out around the house and we'll give him a good life. It's a fair trade, I think.
0: Yeah, it would help you out with the reality TV world as well. I would believe that makes some some kind of
1: show. No kidding cuz my wife is Chinese so we would have two dwarves an Asian a black person like what come on and now in in modern society who doesn't do that show you just <laughs> it doesn't even matter what we're doing like, that actually, like that, yeah
0: that actually looks like pretty much every commercial I see now on TV so you'd line right up there
1: no kidding right <laughs> it, it's like I, I i feel like every commercial is ju- is just like well it's got to be a mixed race couple with a uh, handicapped trans baby, and <laughs> right. you're 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 just like okay, okay, I get it, I get it. We're diverse and we are very tolerant, and that's
0: good. But holy crap! <laughs> yeah, they hit you over the head with it for sure. If you could, Brad, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure, uh, I'm a
1: stand-up comedian. Been one now for 18 years. Uh, my comedy career is now too old to date R. Kelly. Uh and yeah I I I tour like a damn madman uh I'm uh, I've had two Showtime specials I've had a Netflix special and uh yeah you know I, I'm I'm married I got I I got the baby this a family man and uh, if you want to go see me on tour and you want to support my child and put her through college go to bradwilliamscomedy.com see when I'm coming to a town near you and uh, oh and also, in case you're listening to this just on audio, uh, I, I am a dwarf, a little person, a person of short stature. I know you can't really tell by my voice. You know, it's not like I sound like a dwarf. I don't come on like, oh, cool. Welcome to the father Hall podcast. We'll talk about the fact that I have a Like, we're not doing that. So, uh, yeah. So that,
0: I mean, that pretty much summarizes my life. Yeah, and I will definitely drop a link in the description of the podcast episode to your website so my listeners can get over there and check out your tour and when they can come and see you. Uh, so, so you said you mentioned there at the top there, uh, two years old. So how did this experience of becoming—I know you had your career going 18 years. You said so. How did this experience of becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life?
1: Well, when you combine it with the pandemic, it just—it just, uh, it, it, it just took, made me slow things down. Where everything was work, 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 and always work, and uh, always tour, always perform. When I'm home, I'm doing shows locally. Now, um, when between the pandemic and my daughter, it, it's just making me and forcing me to take time to uh, to enjoy uh, the fruits of my labor and still work hard, but at the same time, you know, have nice family days where we're not—it's it, it, not—it's not a work vacation. Uh, just kind of enjoy simple pleasures in life. And um, I think, like a lot of people, when I was forced to stay home, I kind of looked around at my house and was like. I got to do a lot of improvements to this thing or move or one of these. I, I don't want to be stuck here. So, uh, yeah. And, and just, and just making it better for the baby and stuff like that. So I, I, I think a lot of that changes your perspective and also, uh, and I'll, I'll be the first one to say this. Um, having a daughter, uh, I don't know. I'm just crying at stuff now. Like I cry a lot more now. Like if there's a commercial, and it's like the daughter comes home for Thanksgiving or whatever and surprises the dad. I'm like, ah. like I, I'm just sobbing. If there's any commercial where the dad is like doing the first dance at the, at the daughter's wedding, I'm out. I'm straight waterworks right there. So yeah, I'm getting in touch with my
0: sensitive side. I'm crying a lot more. What's it to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I agree, and I think I have four kids myself. And and certain things, I always point to that movie John Q with Denzel Washington. It was a movie oh. that I saw. I saw it before I became a dad and then saw it years later. But when I was a dad, and it had a completely different effect on me the second time around. And so I agree with stuff like that.
1: Dude, it's so
0: funny you bring up that movie. Um, my uh,
1: my daughter actually had a surgery about a month ago. She's fine. She's doing great. Recovered. Gangbusters. She, she's good. But to get to the surgery, uh, so many different departments in the hospital had to talk to each other, had to coordinate with each other and apparently they don't like talking to each other or coordinating with each other. (laughs) And I remember John Q, and I was like, I that is totally like, John Q is not the bad guy in that movie. I totally get it. I totally get that. I was ready to come in there with something and just like be like, just do the thing, operate on my daughter the way you you, you said you would and and that you said needed to happen. Just do that. I I don't want money. I don't want special treatment. I just want the thing to happen that, you said it would happen. I I I feel like that's happening a lot now. Like I could John Q way more industries than just hospitals. You know, like I could John Q uh, restaurants. I could John, you know, I could John Q uh, uh, hotels, and certainly everyone at the airport, not just uh, not just the airline companies, but a lot, but a lot of the passengers too. Just like I. <laughs> Just like I feel like I'm, I I want to stand up in the middle of my flights half the time and be like, all right, I'm hijacking this plane. They're like, well, you want to go to, you know, you want to go to Hawaii, you want to go to DC. We're like, no, I I I want to go to the place I'm supposed to go. I want to leave on time and I want everyone in this plane to shut up (laughs) and and not and not be assholes. That's it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, stay away from Newark Airport. I can tell you that. I'm here in Jersey, so
1: I've been there, man. I've been there. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny. They haven't widened those lanes uh, for, for the security in, in, I don't know, 80 years since the airport was first put there. And yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, but hey, it's nice because as you're standing in line, uh, they have all those posters on the side of the wall of all those famous New Jerseyans. so as you're trying to pull your hair out, you can read a quote from Yogi Berra.
0: <laughs> yeah, good stuff, Brad. And I wanted to bring up something here. I, I, I've interviewed. Uh, several little people dads on the show here. I'm friends with Matt Roloff. He's been on the podcast quite a few times. Uh, Billy, Billy Klein, who's adopted, as you mentioned there, that you guys are looking into doing And Also, I had uh, Trent, uh, Trent Johnston on the podcast here from, um, the seven little Johnstons. And one thing he brought up was he was talking about why he's tough on his kids saying that the little people haven't had their civil rights movement in a sense. And he says, they're still (laughs) looked at a little bit differently. And, And it's like you said, you can't tell by my voice that I'm a little person, but when we show up for the job interviews and stuff like that, we get that reaction. So do you have any concerns about that yourself as you're raising a little person yourself?
1: Wow. Uh, normally, I'm the first dwarf on every show. I, you're you're like an old veteran. This is great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm late to the game coming to this podcast. But um, I, yeah. There there. it's certainly challenges. There, there's certainly some things that that'll be different. But at the same time, um, and I'm and I'm worried just because now we're living in a time of social media where, like, when I was growing up, you just had to worry about the kids that were at the school with your kid now apparently you got to worry about every kid all over the world and uh, many adults as well with social media in terms of like if they if if they could get in touch with their kid make fun of your kid say something mean to your kid that makes that uh makes them do something you know it, it's uh, it it's a lot of that but thankfully uh uh i'm i'm my wife is a, a an amazing parent. Uh, she's a beha- she's a behavioral therapist, so I think that really helps. <laughs> she knows a lot a lot. She she knows a lot about stuff that I have no clue on. Um, and all and also me being a little person, I've I've lived the life before, so I know sort of what's coming her way. I know like okay, uh, junior high, high school. Um, now the time where they're gonna you know she's gonna start being a in and boys, girls, whatever. And where little people are oftentimes kind of friend zoned, um, not really looked at as dateable most of the time. And then uh, and then and then they go to the dwarf conventions, which uh, the dwarf conventions are a real thing. If you talk to Matt Roloff, you may have mentioned them before. Uh, and at the dwarf conventions, it's the exact opposite. And now you're looked at as hot when you're looked at as the friend zone for the entire year. And then you go to a convention and for one week you're hot and a lot of dwarves. Sexuality gets kicked into hyperdrive uh, when they're at the dwarf convention, so that's when I'm going to be roaming those halls with a damn machete. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's there's a lot there's a lot of challenges that'll be there, but at the same time, um, um, like I said, my wife is my wife is amazing. She's she knows what's going on. I've lived the life of a little person before, and if anyone makes fun of her at school, I'm going to be writing jokes for her. I'm going to be writing comebacks. Uh, and my wife, in addition to being a behavioral therapist is also a fourth Don black Uh, and she's going to be teaching her how to handle herself in that way. So it's weird. Like, so I, 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 I very much pity the kid that makes fun of my daughter first, because they're going to be getting the worst possible insults from a trained verbal assassin and, uh, 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 getting put in chokeholds from a trained weapon. So
0: it's going to be, I really pity them. (laughs) Right on with that. And yeah, I I know Matt was involved with the little people of America for many years. And I I think I think that all the shows like his with the little people, big world and these, I think it's been beneficial to the entire little people community. I think it shows them in a great light. Uh, and I think it's uh, very productive. And I did want to tap into what you do here uh, as far as the stand-up comedy, because that's one thing that has changed because of the canceled culture. I know mm-hmm. that people seem to be so afraid of what they can, what they can't say. Right. So, I mean, I've had uh, Jim Brewer on the show here, Adam Carolla, uh, Roy Wood Jr., a bunch of comedians. We've talked about this. It affects each one seemingly in a different way. Most don't seem to even care. They're still going to say what they want to say. How do you feel? Have you changed at all your routine based on this canceled culture? And what is it like as a comedian being, uh, being a comedian? today yeah
1: uh I will say that it's interesting because like I I haven't like I've changed but I feel like I've changed just because I've gotten older like I like I've gotten older so I'm I'm saying different things than I said when I was 23 27 now I'm 37 I'm I'm married I'm a dad I should be saying different things now just because Yeah, like, if I was up there saying the same stuff that I said when I was 22, it'd be very brash and very, uh, very just, like, dude-centric. And, uh, that's just not who I am anymore. So I'm glad I'm involved that way. It, it, it it is something to where I'm trying to, uh, I do kind of watch it a little bit and be like, okay, don't want to write that joke, don't want to write that joke. Um, but at the same time, uh, you 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 can never please everybody. There's always going to be someone at your show that maybe doesn't like it. I guess the difference nowadays is now that person that didn't like it, that one person at your show now feels like they can, like, make sure you never work again. Even though there was a room full of three hundred people all and they all enjoyed it. It was very it, it's very strange. Um, you've had a couple incidents where people walk up on stage and try to stop shows. There's been a couple of incidents like that that have been. Uh, shown uh, on video, like on TMZ or something. So now it's just it, it's just a really interesting uh, world. But at the same time, I'll say this, because while one group tries to cancel you, the other group essentially tries to embrace you. Two, two of the names you mentioned, uh, Adam Carolla and Jim Brewer, there's one side that tries to cancel them, and the other side seems to embrace them more. And seems to go to their shows and watch what they do. I mean, uh, I can't tell you how many times Corolla has trended on Twitter. And he still has a top podcast. He still sells out wherever he goes. Uh, Brewer, more recently, with his comments on the vaccine. Uh, but he just did a, a tour with a, a group. So it's like, so it's now, it it, it it's more like the can- the cancel culture just, I don't want to say it helps you because I don't think it does, but it does sort of like guide you into finding your market and finding your people. Uh, so yeah, like I've seen plenty of liberal, like very liberal comics get like canceled by the right, and then but then the liberal audience just embraces them more, like your um, uh, Pat Oswalt or something. Uh, so it it it's more like you just find your audience, and to the audience listening I would just say find your comedian I mean you find your news channel you find your movies you find you find your grocery store you find everything else find your comedian if if, if there's a comedian that is uh doing stuff and you're like I don't really like that comic that's fine just you know just go see another comic it, right. it, it seems it seems very simple and yet it, it it's insanely complicated people say things like well what did you mean by that joke and it's like It's a joke. I meant ha ha. Like that's it. Like, that's all I meant by it. Uh, like, um, those are the only two acceptable forms uh of response to a joke. Ha ha. No ha ha. That's it. Those those are the only things that you're allowed to do. And I mean, and don't get me wrong, you're allowed to be offended. You're allowed to be offended because being offended is an involuntary response. You can't control it. I don't know when I'm gonna be offended. I just see something and it may offend me, it may not. But you can control your response to being offended. And when I get offended, I go, ah, look at that. I didn't like that very much. And then I move the fuck on with my life. <laughs>
0: right.
1: I don't let it control everything. I don't try to shut it down. There's plenty of shows, comedians, music, all that that I don't like. Um, it doesn't mean I don't I want it to stop. And two more things. One, um, uh, buying a ticket does not guarantee that the show goes exactly the way you want it to go just because you bought a ticket, which we thank you for, but that doesn't mean that doesn't give you the right to control everything about the show. Cause that doesn't happen other places. You know, you don't like, like I'm a diehard Denver Broncos fan. If I buy a ticket to the Broncos game, that doesn't guarantee they're going to win. I don't get to walk out in the middle of the field and be like, Hey, not a fan of this. We need to stop this. <laughs> Them losing offends me. I mean, hell, you're in in New Jersey, so you might be a Jets or a Giants fan. You understand that, uh, that buying a ticket doesn't guarantee that you're going to have the absolute best time at a football game. And and, and also, it's like comedians are just trying to entertain you. We're not trying to do anything else. It's just ha-ha, no ha-ha. That is it. And if you don't like the joke, that's fine. Find a comedian where you like their jokes or wait 30 seconds and we'll change topics
0: and we'll do something else. Yeah, and, and and in Jersey here, buying a ticket to the game doesn't guarantee your safety either. So no, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with you, and I, I can't understand. I mean, unfortunately everything's become so politically charged in the country. It's like, I, I can't understand people that if, if a certain actor or comedian doesn't align politically with you or says something, you're going to never watch the movie again. Like if, if Tom Hanks says something that you don't like, you're never going to watch Apollo 13 again, or like saving private Ryan. Like you're going yeah. like to, it, it's crazy that people have gone to these extremes. And I don't even believe half of them when they say, Oh, I'm never going to watch this again or do this again. I think most of them are just talking out of their ass because uh, I think when it comes down to it, you, you, no talent doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have a race. It's just either people have it or they don't. Either you like the material or you don't. Like you said, if you don't like it, switch channels, see another show. Why try to put the person out of business and convince other people to do the same? To me, has been completely mind boggling.
1: Yeah, and think about your performers and entertainers the same way you think about your relatives. I ga- I guarantee you, your re- your relatives don't don't align exactly with every thought and opinion you have. But you don't cancel your uncle. (laughs) You know, you you don't be like, fine, you're never coming. Like, you don't do that. So uh, if you're not going to cancel them, then don't cancel a performer. And if you look deep enough into anyone's thoughts, tweets, uh, Instagram posts, opinions, you're going to find something you don't agree with. I, I I, I mean, we're all I mean, you're married, right?
0: 17 years. Yep.
1: Yeah. I'm married. And it's like, I, I don't align with my wife on everything. Uh, There's a lot, there's a lot of things we, uh, we disagree on. Does that mean I'm a bad person or my wife is a bad person? No, absolutely not. And you, you can come together and you can compromise and you can have a discussion and maybe find out why they think that way. Um, One thing that I've kind of picked up throughout this entire time is I like to go into people's backgrounds because when someone says something that I'm like, wow, that's a crazy thought. Rather than just condemn them for it and say that's stupid, I try to think to myself, well, why did they arrive at that conclusion? And I arrive at the conclusion that I'm at? Do you know, are are they did they did did they watch something different? Did they experience something different? Did they have a, a different guiding light than I did? And then so for them that's the answer. That's the logical answer. And my opinion is nuts. Um, and the, the other thing I I, I I heard Bill Burr say on a, on a different podcast, he said that the vast majority of the people that we're hearing about, like canceling people and doing stuff like that, that's like 15% of America. Most Americans are somewhere in the middle. We're logical. We're willing to uh, have – differences and uh, that's the vast majority of us and we don't complain we just go We watch the show but that it, it, it's because the vast majority of us are busy we have jobs we have mortgages we have families we have we have rent we have things that we're trying to get that i don't care that uh someone in new york used the wrong pronoun to describe right. a whatever like that like if they use the correct pronoun that doesn't that, that doesn't put food on my table or book me another date. So like, I'm not worried about that. It doesn't affect me personally. Um, so it, it, it it's strange in that, um, like, I, I feel like the vast majority of us are these logical, even tempered, but 15% are very loud, they're getting the most attention. And also, we're like, 330 million people in this country. 15% is still millions of people. So there's still a lot of them out there.
0: Yeah, I think you're talking way too much common sense, I think, for what's going on. <laughs> and I do believe, like you and like Bill said, I, it, 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 the majority of us just want to go to work, support our families, watch a little sports, you uh, you take you know, do a little traveling, and, and, <laughs> and enjoy what time we have on the planet here without having to get twisted up and tied into all this stuff. And it just seems like – almost like we're keeping it to sports. It's like when you have a Giants fan and a Cowboys fan arguing with one another, the Cowboys fan is not trying to convince the Giant fan to become a Cowboys fan. You know, he's not yeah. trying to win them over to my side. They're arguing their points. They argue for the thing, and then they go on with their lives. It's like this whole thing – that, that has happened here is, be, is destroying so many uh, aspects of our lives, especially now holiday time, families getting together. What side of the COVID aisle are you on, which our yeah. health has now become political. So uh, that, that's why I try to keep everything here to fatherhood. I think that unites us all. I think it's really the parents that are going to really save this country more so than the politicians.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Don't, don't count a politician for anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think this year for Thanksgiving and Christmas we didn't have the adults and the kids table. We had the vax and the unvax table. <laughs> uh, yeah, the unvax table had sides of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which is fine if they enjoy those. So you know, it, it, it's just stuff like that where I have I have members of my family that are that are that think very different than I do, and it doesn't mean they're bad people. They're good people, and uh, they you know they. Go to work. Their, their kids go to school. Their kids are well behaved. They pay their taxes. They're not, they, you know, they don't, they, 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 don't have a secret child sex slave dungeon in their basement. <laughs> yeah. Good. You're a good person. You know, you treat people generally with respect. Fine. You can go. You, you can go to a sporting event, see someone in a different jersey, and not immediately want to throw a beer bottle at them. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Like it, the vast majority of people, when they go out. Like at my shows, I'll see, you know, 99% of the people have their two drinks and laugh and not laugh and laugh and not laugh and go home and say they have a great evening. But every now and then there's that one person that's like, this is my night out. I'm the funny guy. I'm going to get <laughs> oh, out of man. my skull. Wait, why is that white dwarf being funny? Fuck him. <laughs> I'm funny. I'll show him I'm funny. Hey. Hey, and I'm just like, oh, okay, this is not going to go well. Yeah, I can't even
0: imagine that, man. And, and now, <laughs> since since being a dad, have you worked that into the material? Do you now do some dad jokes? Do you talk about yourself as a father? Family is that part of the, part of the routine now? Has that changed you as a comedian? Of course, uh, I've always been very autobiographical with with, uh, with my
1: with, with my comedy, and now my comedy. You know, my life is all about baby and uh, all about being a dad. So that's what a lot that, that that's where a lot of the comedy comes from. And uh, just that and and just those experiences, they're brand new experiences for me, for other people, they've experienced them before. But even my experiences are are slightly different, you know, Um, where all fathers have fear when they're a new dad. I'm guessing Uh, they all they're they're all scared. They're all worried. I have that, too. But just some slightly different things like I'm worried as a dwarf, I'm going to fall into the crib and get stuck. And, and, you know, it's just me and my daughter in there and. It, it, I'll, I'll be looking at a two year old, like if we don't work together, we're not going to make it out of here alive, you know? <laughs> and then, and then, and then my wife will come into the room and my daughter and I will both just throw our hands in the air and yell out up. So like that, like that's like, that's, <laughs> that's my concern. So yes, my comedy is changing. It's evolving. It's um certainly reflect, certainly reflecting my life. And, uh, but I hope that always happens. I hope in five years I'm telling, dramatically different jokes than I am now, 10 years from that, it changes again. And because kids are such an influence in your life in terms of your day-to-day routines, like now, you know, I don't, There, there's no just, oh, we're going we're gonna to go out to dinner, or oh, we're going to go see a concert. Uh, if a friend calls me and says, hey, we're all meeting up in Phoenix, you coming? It's like, no, <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> I can't just do that. And your first thought with just about everything that enters your skull is baby, is kid, is is their well-being. You know, um, I was saving my money for me in the past. Now I'm saving money for college because I don't want her to graduate with debt. And and if she doesn't have, if she doesn't go to college, cool. I'll uh, get you a house, an apartment, something like that, to where you start off and you're and you're doing okay. So yeah, it it controls absolutely every part of you but at the same time now now i feel like i'm living with a purpose like it's not just self-aggrandizing which is fun don't don't get me wrong i like doing stuff that makes me happy but now you're truly once you're a parent you truly put someone's uh thoughts and needs before yours i would say this as an as as another example um in in terms of a level of love my daughter is the only person on this planet where whenever she feels any kind of pain whatsoever, I immediately want that pain transferred to me. I don't want her to deal with it. I want to go through it in for her. So when she had her surgery, I was like, I don't want you to experience anything. I like operate on me and somehow make it fix you. That and that doesn't happen with anyone else in my life. Like when my best buddy was like, "Hey, uh, uh, just letting you know I got herpes I wasn't like I want that on me like I want that <laughs> no not at all I do not want that on me uh, in fact keep it away from me but you know like it, it it, it's it's that kind of thing where you just uh, you love your kids so much that you just want them to have an amazing life but then there's that balance of you want to make their life problem free but then at the same time I know that She has to have some problems in her life. She has to have some resistance in her life so she can learn to overcome it because I'm not going to always be there and I can't make every problem go away. So we have to prepare her for the realities. And that's one thing that having dwarfism does sort of do for you is it does prepare you for the realities of life. Because like every time I sell out some shows and have a great set and get a standing ovation and think like, oh, man. Like I'm the shit. Like I am the shit. I'm a star. I'm a blankety blank. Whatever. I go outside. I, I go I go to the airport and some kid sees me and goes, "Mommy, what's wrong with him?" And I'm like, "All right, <laughs> right back down, right back down. Okay, that's where that's where I'm at." You know, or someone comes up and asks uh, a stupid question or something. So, uh, I but I am looking forward to the future in fatherhood and uh just seeing all that all that is going to unravel.
0: Yeah, really great stuff, Brad. And, and listen, I uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic and back in the day there was a few nights I got stuck in the crib myself, I can tell you that. <laughs> but uh t- tell me tell me about uh we're about to hit the new year here. What are the plans? What are the goals for you in 2022?
1: Man, uh next year is going to be a doozy. Uh I mean, I I still just no number one goal is always be a good dad, be a good father, be a good husband. Um, and, but then I'm, I'm still touring like a madman. Um, and then I have a project coming up that I wish I could like announce on this show and wish I could say, but it's, I can't, uh, legally, but, um, there's a huge project coming up in 2022 that I'm very excited about. I'm thrilled for, so please, uh, follow me on social media and then you'll know when, that project is happening. Uh, at Funny Brad on Twitter, Brad Williams Comic on Instagram. Uh, sure, I'm on Facebook. I'm not. I'm not on TikTok yet because I'm. 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 I'm old. I'm. I'm a dad. I don't know. Like I. I don't know. I'll probably get on it eventually. But for now, I'm not. I'm not on TikTok, which is weird though because I am on TikTok in that I've seen people lip sync my bits. Like they find my bits <laughs> from my albums and then they lip sync it and act them out like on TikTok. And that's a trip to me, but, uh, yeah, I'm not on there, but, you know, uh, big announcements to come and, uh, definitely looking forward to the year. That's gonna That's, that's going to be 2022, 2021 was like a nice comeback year. Uh, 2022 is going to be even more.
0: Yeah. Exciting stuff. again, I'm going to drop the links, uh, you know, and your handles in the description of this podcast episode. So everyone can get over and find out what the big news will be in the new year. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Brad, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. You may have covered it a little bit in some of what you sure. said, but uh, what kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father? Who's out there listening?
1: Ooh, here's,
0: uh, one, the lack of sleep is real.
1: The lack of sleep is very real. Like, and when you say like, Yeah, I'll maybe sleep like four hours a night. And I'll be like, no, like no sleep. Like, so invest in a night nurse, whatever the money is, it's worth it. Um, uh, Take turns uh, in terms of take shifts with your wife, your partner. Um, You do one while she sleeps. She does one while you sleep. Uh, And if you're like, but I'm scared of doing something to the, just figure it out. Do it anyway. Like uh, that's going to save your sanity. It's going to help your relationship. Uh, And then B, or I guess three, C, okay. I can't count or do the alphabet. My (laughs) daughter is better at it than I am. Uh, Third thing is that it is totally okay to not like your kid for the first like two months. You love your kid instinctually, there's a natural bond there. It's okay to not like your kid, and I'll explain it because the kid at between zero and like two, three months is just, it's just a worm. It's just, it it, 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 it poops, it sleeps, it cries, it eats, it needs you. It like, it it gives you no um, feedback, no feedback whatsoever. You wipe their ass and and they don't care. You feed them, they don't care. But then after like two, three months, they start reacting to you when, when you wake them up, uh, or when you come to get them, when you walk into their room, they're excited to see you. They, they get excited to, to, uh, to, when you feed them, they, they, they start showing gratitude and they start showing appreciation. And when they do that, that's when it really starts getting good. That that's when, that's when you really feel like you're doing something. But for those first two, three months, man, like, I'm a I'm a stand up comic. I'm used to telling a joke and getting a laugh, getting an applause, getting some sort of feedback that I did a good job. Like, you know, I change a diaper. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no, thank you. No, no, no. Thanks, Dad. So I'm not waddling around in my own shit. None of that. <laughs> OK, but uh, yeah, at, after that, like two, three month wall, then uh, then stuff starts getting really good.
0: Yeah, well said. I love the message. This has been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Brad Williams, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. back to wrap things up here on first class fatherhood i got to give a special thank you once again to brad williams for giving me a few minutes of his time here It was so cool please hit me up on twitter guys or drop me a dm on instagram let me know what you guys thought about today's episode i always love to read your feedback don't forget go through the archives and check out some of the other comedian dads who have joined me on the podcast this year including Jim Brewer, Adam Carolla, Danelle Rawlings, Howie Mandel, and so many others. I got one more episode coming your way, dropping on Wednesday. Don't miss out on that one. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.